0: Hello, animation fans, and welcome to another iAnimate podcast. I'm your host, Larry Vasquez, and you're listening to episode 39. We've got a great guest in this episode. We've got Jamie Tatera, one of our games instructors and who is currently a lead animator at Disney Interactive Studios there in Salt Lake City, Utah. And if you've got a chance to check out his reel, you'll see that he heads up the combat animation. Um, Just a really amazing reel, the versatility of all the characters he gets to animate on and just the uh, physicality of them. Very impressive. So we'll have a link to that in our show notes. Check it out. I'm really looking forward to talking with him about this, just his experience uh, working with so many different characters and working in that type of environment. So let's bring him on.
1: So I've actually never uh, done one of these or looked at one of them before, so...
0: You mean you haven't listened to all my podcasts? I haven't listened to all your podcasts. That is on my agenda. (laughs) Well, hopefully you'll check this one out here, even if it's out of uh, curiosity. (laughs) No, I really do appreciate you taking the time. I know you guys uh, work full days and then come home, and as you mentioned on your bio, you got a family and... So take a little time with us. It's always really appreciated. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get started. Um, the first question I typically ask a lot of these guys is kind of what got you to where you're at now? I'm always curious. Uh, I know this is an art form, but these are people behind this art form. And so I'm always curious on, you know, each person's individual journey and kind of what inspired them to get into animation. So if you want to just kind of run it to your background a little bit, what inspired you to get into animation, maybe some of your schooling that helped you get to where you're at now, and then also maybe some of the gigs that you've had and where you're at.
1: I don't think I'm probably your typical animator in terms of how I got to be where I am. So I, I was not the kid in... In school, that is sitting down in the halls, just always drawing. You know, I I love taking uh, taking art classes. Uh, I really enjoyed sculpture, but I was huge into into sports, and uh, so I enjoyed drawing. But you know, I, I wasn't that guy. My dad was, uh, uh, and still is, an aeronautical engineer. So he's done. Um, uh, we moved around a little bit. He did contract work for the government, making flight simulators, and I, <laughs> kind of the way I grew up, I uh, was always the kid that was taking apart the toaster and <laughs> trying to put it back together. You know, uh, so um, it, it's interesting. The, the path that led me down to to animation is really more of uh, it, it developed a love a love of art, which I've always had. And as well as uh, this, this kind of passion for technology and, uh, and computers. Um, and uh, th- this kind of, uh, for me, it, it was, it's very much a, a problem-solving uh, thing that, you know, I, I, I love tinkering. I love taking things apart, trying to put them back together, um, which is why game animation has been a really good fit for me because game animation is not just the principles of animation. Uh, it's it's taking the principles of animation and taking a whole lot of programming and figuring out how can we stitch these together so it works with the mechanics uh, in, in a game engine. So anyway, I, I ended up going to school, BYU, Brigham Young University in Utah as uh, an electrical engineer. And <laughs> I did that for two years uh, before I kind of saw the writing on the wall that uh, that this is gonna drive me crazy. Uh, I'm I'm never gonna be able to to cut it as an electrical engineer. I mean, I I had okay grades, but I was just going crazy. You know, I I was not gonna be that cubicle engineer. So I told my my guidance counselor uh, that. Uh, I really loved art this whole time. In my in college, I, I was taking electives uh, like figure drawing and, and sculpture and ceramics and just weird, you know, different eclectic ways to kind of express that that creativity, I guess, that that passion. Uh, and I love I love computers. Uh, I grew up, you know, playing. I think most of us probably grew up grew up, grew up playing some form of video games mm-hmm. and. Uh, and I was uh, I loved playing games on the computer and um, So she told me that uh, at the time BYU had a new major, which was a computer animation major. and at the time uh, they hadn't even graduated anyone. The year that I joined was the first year that they had a graduating class. but I got in and, and loved it. So we had to take some traditional animation classes, but I never, really gravitated towards uh towards those the cg side was always where it was at for me i don't know if even in the beginning i knew that actually animation was where i wanted to end up it was it was uh just just uh immersing myself in cg was fantastic um but it gave me time to to learn and grow and figure out what i wanted to do gotcha Uh, if i had done it all over again knowing that I wanted to do animation. I think, uh, you know, I animate a, a program just for learning animation would, would have been so much better just to teach me to be an animator. My animation education was, was very, very much self-taught. And in fact, our instructors were, um, I, I think through the course of my four year degree, there was probably one semester that the, the instructor was actually an animator, and he was kind of part-time teaching uh, and still in the industry. But the other instructors were were just, uh, you know, kind of a broad strokes this introduction to this kind of stuff. And if you want to do this, here's kind of how. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after that, it was kind of all up to you. So we we ended up having um, pretty big, a pretty big collaboration uh, group project, and animation was where I wanted to to focus on. So that's, that's, uh, that's how I started living the dream. <laughs> now,
0: what what was it about animation that kind of focused you into that? What was it that sparked that you can went, this is what I want to do now.
1: Um, I always, I, I, I was kind of weird in the sense that, uh, I, well, I guess it's not too weird. I, I did enjoy being, uh, a generalist and, and having my, my feet, you know, or my hands and, and all sorts of things like, uh uh i i liked rigging um which ha- now as an animator i've just been animating for you know a decade and i haven't rigged in in a decade and i couldn't even tell you you know the beginnings of how to how to do anything with rigging you know? <laughs> um but in the beginning i i liked that problem-solving aspect uh-huh. uh, of rigging that was appealing to me i i enjoyed Modeling because I, I think I'd taken a lot of sculpture classes, mm. um, and that was that very much felt like uh, you know, sculpting in a 3D uh, space. But animation was um, it, it was a, uh, a the discovery for me, I guess. Uh, I, I probably would uh, if I had, I think I would have been that guy uh, that grew up wanting to do TV animation if i had been exposed to it more if i had you know an older older brother or a friend or a a parent that you know that was their thing um but this was kind of one of my first exposures to animation uh and 3d was so much more accessible to me than 2d Mm -hmm. since you know i hadn't really grown up drawing uh in in college i took a lot of you know figure drawing classes uh and stuff like that but I have I I've never been that uh, that guy who is just a phenomenal sketch artist. Uh, so if I can say one thing uh, as uh, encouragement, uh, even if you're not a phenomenal sketch artist, you can still be very successful as an animator. Uh, there you go. However, you probably won't be very successful as a two D animator. <laughs> yeah. uh, why I gravitated to three D. Uh-huh. <laughs> and three D for me was or, or animation. Uh, was just that, um, discovering this art form that really, uh, you could bring something to life was, was, uh, pretty amazing to me. I mean, you know, even if it was just a flower sack or a cube or a ball, uh, you could animate it. It's like, wow, that's cool. That has personality and that's awesome. And that was, um, so much more rewarding to me than, than just, um, the problem solving of rigging or the modeling kind of sculpture aspect uh, of, of different parts of the pipeline. Uh, so I think that's why uh, you know I, I, animation is uh, where I ended up, and, gotcha.
0: um, and I've loved it. So now after college, there did you did you have to continue to practice before you got your first gig, or how did that work for you coming out of college?
1: So I had, I did two internships in college. My first one was, uh, it sounds funny, but um, I I ended up doing an internship. So I went to school in Utah and my family is from Texas and I found an internship that was also in Texas, but this internship was working for A forensic animation studio uh which they did and for litigation you know kind of uh recreating crime scenes okay Uh, people have probably seen stuff on tv you know that that uh kind of recreating crime scenes with more the flavor of like uh you know medical animation kind of documentary uh, educational stuff um which was interesting because this uh Forensic animation, it actually can't look too good or too realistic because if it is too sensational, uh, it, <laughs> it, it or looks too good, or it could be too distracting, and the judge could,
0: you know, throw it out. It could sway the uh, jury. Just exactly, by that fact. Okay. and if
1: it's and it feels like it could sway the jury, then then uh, you know the judge is liable to to throw out this animation How that funny. the client may have spent you know a hundred thousand dollars paying for. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it it it, it isn't uh, your typical uh, animation gig, but it was it was interesting and it was cool. Um, after that, the next year I got an internship with a software company in Salt Lake City called Avalanche Software mm-hmm. and um, I started with them as a just kind of a generalist uh, they you know doing a lot of modeling a fair amount of texturing and then when they needed animation support, I, I jumped into to animation for their cinematics, and after after six months or about a year, I I settled on their animation team and and kind of uh, that was that's where I ended up, and we at the time we were doing doing some contract work with Disney making uh, making Chicken Little actually <laughs> Chicken Little. Um, and they liked it so much, they asked us to do Chicken Little 2, And uh, and after that, or kind of somewhere in there, they liked us enough that uh, they they uh, started talks to acquire us. So mm-hmm. they they bought um, Avalanche Software, and and that is how I came to work for Disney.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so Avalanche Software became yeah. Disney Interactive.
1: Yeah, So Avalanche oh, Software okay. became under the umbrella of Disney Interactive. And at the time, there were probably Eight or nine other uh, game studios, the uh, the Disney Interactive, uh, you know, owned, and that's that's how I became to to work for Disney. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. <laughs> Been with so, them ever since. So you got your foot in the door by being kind of a generalist, and yeah. then kicked over to the animation specifically, and then yeah, now you're here. Because I remember hearing about Avalanche Software. I've heard of them.
1: Um, right. that,
0: did did you guys do um, uh, what's the Mickey's um. Uh, with the paintbrush? Um... Uh, Epic Mickey. Epic Mickey, yes.
1: Um, so that was a, uh, a studio junction point that we worked with, which have since closed their doors. Okay. But we, we actually did jump in at the end to, to help them out, uh, get that out the door. Okay. But that,
0: that was not, not really one of our projects. Okay. Maybe that's kind of where I heard the Avalanche software. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. So now um, at Disney Interactive, what is your role there?
1: At Disney Interactive, I am the uh, an animation lead. Uh, we're making Disney Infinity, and Disney Infinity is a game that um, has a whole lot of characters. Mm-hmm. In the past, our our games have had you know one to two or three avatars, playable characters. Uh, so you make a motion set for you know just one or two characters. Disney Infinity every year will have <laughs> thirty. Plus characters, mm-hmm. uh, so it's it's kind of uh, forced us to to reevaluate how we approach uh, organization and and our animation pipeline and, and the way that we have split things up is uh, that we found that to be very organic is in terms of mechanics. Uh, so I am in I've been in charge of a few different mechanics, but but in the last few years I've been the the combat and reaction lead so pretty much anything that surrounding combat uh is is uh where i've been hanging my hat um so and that and that has been that's been growing you know infinity one was focused on uh uh some more disney and pixar um Movies, but but infinity two was was heavily into marvel and and three has been star wars which uh both of those have focused more and more on combat uh, so <laughs> so that's uh that's definitely kept me busy i which can since, imagine since uh when uh um <laughs> this is this is funny uh, anecdote i guess working for uh with i animate when when rick uh royal first uh, contacted me and um and one of the workshops that uh, I was first signed up to teach, um, I think it was probably Games Workshop one or something. And, and one of the things that uh, I would be doing was um, uh, one of the one of the weeks was just a, a walk cycle, which I, I've uh, as most animators, especially game animators, I've done a ton of cycles, but I haven't done a walk cycle in probably five years which sounds pretty funny you know working uh, in games but just as i become kind of more specialized and and uh you know kind of figured out where uh what part of the games i enjoy and uh, and and where my kind of value is uh, i just gravitated towards uh towards this one area and i haven't done a walk cycle in forever so it was actually a little bit intimidating he's like gosh i gotta I got to relearn how to do a box (laughs) bike, which is, um, animation is, is kind of, uh, it is like riding a bike, but, but I have found that no matter what part of the game I'm animating or what kind of animation I'm doing, I'm constantly redefining, I guess, my workflow and, you know, learning new things. So even from project to project, you know, it's, it's always, it's very refreshing to, um, to approach things in a new way, in a different way and, and figure out, you know, take what you've done and learn from that and try, you know, a little bit different things. So, so going back to, you know, walk cycle is kind of like, I, I would do a walk cycle now, I'm sure completely different than the last time I did it five right. years ago. So <laughs> it was, uh, um, out of all the things to be intimidated by, it's like learning, uh,
0: relearning how to do a walk cycle. Don't underestimate a walk cycle, huh? Yeah, because <laughs> teaching it
1: is different than than doing it. You know, yeah. I can go and and bumble around and and do it and and you know try different things and figure out you know what tools what are the new tools we have to 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 do it and get that that uh, feel that I want, but. But to teach it concisively and, and do a demo is like, uh, i got to get my
0: stuff together. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now, I also know that we've got a couple of our other instructors who are on our feature side who are over there actually with you. But they're more on the cinematics. Is that correct?
1: That, yes.
0: Like Bill Tessier yeah. and Mike Walling?
1: Yep, Bill and Mike. Um, I uh, see them every day. They're great guys. They are um they they comprise our, our marketing uh, division, I guess. Uh, okay. A few other guys, so they do all of our marketing shots. They help out on cinematics, uh, and they they've gotten into um, gameplay. You know, okay, uh, very
0: cool. But but yeah, it's it's definitely a different beast. So now with the reason I kind of also bring that up. So you mentioned you got marketing, cinematics, you got combat. What other areas that you because you mentioned you guys have kind of um, segmented it. Is that correct? Right. I understood that right.
1: Yeah. So I have, uh, I started out in a lot of our kind of working on our platforming mechanics. So I worked a lot finding, uh, and, and when I, I, I guess what I'm saying is finding out what the style is for some of these platform mechanics for Disney infinity. Cause every game you work on, you know, the, the style is a little bit different and the, for example, when we have a, a wall climb or a, a pipe climb or a wall crawl or a ledge hang mechanic, it's figuring out what are the needs of, of this mechanic for this game. You know, a different game, you, you might find out, like, for example, a, a Spider-Man game, a web swinging mechanic and a wall uh, crawl, wall climb mechanic. That might be your bread and butter, and you spend all your time doing that. So, uh, I I've worked a lot on those mechanics, these kind of traversal mechanics, and uh, yeah, some of the other main areas that uh, that uh, we have in our game that I haven't done a whole lot with uh, is driving and riding mm-hmm. and mounts. So there's a whole lot that goes on. How funny! Uh, to having um, the system of hundreds of different rideable characters uh, <laughs> and, and cars, and you know, jets, helicopters, you name it, and, and having uh, mechanics, uh, a mechanic that, uh, a motion set for each character that, that works kind of across the board with these, um, as well as uh, kind of flying and gliding, and uh, Disney Infinity is, is something in this game you can equip a lot of different tools and packs um, so there's a lot of different kind of, uh, almost one-off mechanics that we, that we create and, and find ways to share.
0: Now you mentioned you get about 30 plus characters a year. Is right. there a, is there a list that you get that is supposed to happen within this game that now you have to fit that character to do for those lists? Um, does that make sense so let's say you come up, we get a new character uh, from one of the new Star Wars that's coming out here okay. and they obviously there are certain things that that character is going to do within that game that are similar as far as function as the rest of the characters like you mentioned a wall climb or a jump or all these things here
1: right
0: is there a list that you go down to go okay hey I've got this new character and I've got to make sure that this character for them specifically does all these things here
1: definitely yes okay. we uh, anytime that we get a new character we we look at uh pretty they come from and the way this disney infinity is set up is we have two different ways that you can kind of play the game uh there's the the toy box mode as well as the uh a playset mode and the playset mode is kind of your true-to-property experience so if you're playing as sully and in monsters inc you're going to be on uh the monsters inc campus you know you know, interacting with Mike and Randall and, and stuff like that. And you're not going to be, uh, mix and matching with Mr. Incredible and and Luke and whoever Hulk or someone like that. Mm-hmm. But, but you will in the toy box. So when we get a new character, um, typically we're, we're trying to define, um, their, uh, their playset experience by, you know, okay, is this Spider-Man? What is he going to need to do different than someone else? Mm-hmm. Or does, and, and those things that he will do, will that uh, be just a different wrapper on, on a different mechanic that we've already done? Um, so that is uh, that is something uh, that we definitely think about. But it's it's also one of the ways that we innovate. You know, it's something that, oh, you know, we haven't done something like this. Let's do that. That'll be one of the new things we do. And then from there, we kind of have that in our tool belt. And uh Uh, And it's easy to wrap it and spin it in different ways for other characters.
0: Mm, Okay. Now, I was looking at your reel, which is absolutely amazing, both in the amount of different characters you get to animate, but also just the quality of animation you had. I've just got to give you that. Um, As I watched that, it was just really, really cool. Um, Who comes up with the combat choices? How does that work?
1: Typically, um, combat for me... Uh, and the way that it works at Disney is we will have a designer that uh, will work hand in hand with a an animator, and the designer will will kind of have a kickoff meeting where uh, we will have you know a, a character say um, Luke Skywalker or something like that, and we'll say okay what do we want Luke to to be what do we want how do we want to define him um, what kind of uh what's his combat style and some of these you know uh, depending on the property that they come from like for example iron man that's that's not something that we necessarily even have to define it's it's pretty uh cut and dry you know from the uh the canon of marvel who iron man is and and what he does but from there it's 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 trying to define um for Disney Infinity, right? Uh, what, uh, where do we want him to fit? Is he going to be a range guy or a melee guy? Is he going to be a, uh, you know, a, a stronger tank or, or is he going to be agile and maybe uh, really fast but but not as strong, a uh, heavy hitter or you know, kind of defining where he falls in in this this uh, whole range and uh-huh. spectrum of, of characters, and from there, our designer will usually that kind of stuff. Typically, I find is is more important to the designer okay Uh, the nuts and bolts of how this character uh, interacts with all the other characters the animator typically cares more about um, the move itself how it looks how it flows with the other moves uh, and kind of the cadence and the rhythm of the combat so the designer will typically tell me um, for this character we want to have his his normal combo be a, a four hit combo and and he'll be able to branch to these other moves and I'll have the, a, a super move that we're kind of thinking is gonna be something along these lines um, and then I will uh, I'll give him my ideas uh, if I if I've thought about it if not I'll take that and um, I typically go and do my research and figure out um, knowing that how do I want what do I want to do and mm-hmm. and for me uh, that's, a, that's a fun process because I will try to be as exhaustive in my research as I can. I'll spend usually a whole day just uh, looking at different movies, um, games, <laughs> TV shows, you name it. Yeah. You know, that has similar styles, similar weapons, uh, a similar approach. Um, it doesn't even have to be a necessarily a a combat uh, fighting sequence. You know, it could be something a uh, a you know a a dancey gymnastic type thing. That you know, as I'm looking at, is it, like, wow, if he had like a uh, an axe in his hand, that could be really cool, and I can mm-hmm. do this. You know, so so I will try to just uh, cut out as many different clips as I possibly can. I mean, I I, I try to get uh, you know for if I have um, some of our some our combat has grown, and, and maybe at the end of the day, some of these characters will have 20 to 30 different discrete moves. Um, and I'll I'll try to have you know 50 to 100 uh, different clips that I'm looking at and, and trying to pull pull from. And as well as you know, occasionally I will uh, I, I will you know capture myself doing something if I can't really find that that thing that really fits well Uh, so the challenge there is now finding the stuff that that's appealing that i like and and thinking about how that's going to work uh within the the framework of of this combat system and how it's going to mesh with what's coming before and what and what's going after um, and different different ways that can split and break out and work with other mechanics uh, for a game you know it's it's all it's it's so different than than a film, and that it's all controlled by the player and, mm-hmm. and by this uh, this controller that's in their hands. Um, so that that's kind of um, uh, my typical approach, and from there I'll I'll take it and and I'll start blocking things in and and uh, you know get feedback as early as I can. But uh, but it's it's a lot of it is up to the creativity of the animator.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that's that was kind of the, one of the reasons why I was asking. So I was just curious if that was something that you guys had some input on. And, and that sounds like a I, I, we all know animations is difficult. It's uh, but that's partly what makes it so fun. But I'm go. What other job do you get to just sit here and w- watch movies and clips as uh, part of your homework for the uh, the work? So that's awesome. It
1: mm-hmm. is. I, I tell you, I have done, <laughs> I have watched more, it's fun, like UFC, case fighting, <laughs> boxing, you know, in the last couple of years than I have ever had in my whole life. It's it's really funny to, um, so I, I do a lot of combat and I also do a lot of, uh, you know, the uh, the flip side, which is reactions, you know, how does when I, when I punch someone, what do they do? Mm. Uh, so I, I will, it's really funny to watch like YouTube videos of, of people getting knocked out and <laughs> epic, epic fails and just like, it's <laughs> like, wow, you know, it's like, it, it's really, it's really entertaining. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm sure my friends would, you know, when I tell them what I do at work, they just kind of like laugh and, and, you know, <laughs> tell
0: me they hate me and how much uh, better my job is and <laughs> that's hilarious um okay quick question here how do you you know one of the things i was looking at in your regards to your real and, and you know you had tinkerbell on there and you know maybe i didn't necessarily saw uh, mike wazowski or something along that lines, uh-huh. but here are characters that don't necessarily have um maybe say a backstory or, or um for lack of a better term, a backstory in regards to combat. You know, you you right. like you mentioned, Iron Man, the Hulk, Spider-Man, they all have this history of combat. So you can kind of fall within that range there, even though you're able to kind of get a little more unique. You know it's unique for, it's still for Spider-Man though. How do right. you guys define certain um, moves and combat that now become specific for, specific for someone like Tinkerbell or Mike Wazowski or Sully and make it them? You guys, how do you keep it within that uh, that range?
1: That's a great question. Uh, Tinkerbell broke my brain. Uh, <laughs> I went from animating Hulk uh, to the next character that I did was Tinkerbell, uh, which, was, which was so funny. Um, both of those uh, were re- were released for Infinity Two, and Tinkerbell. I the only thing I can tell you is I went down the complete wrong way for you know, at least a week before I figured out, uh, the direction I should be going. So I was looking, and it was funny cause I, I told my, my wife would, uh, um, <laughs> when I got home, she could just see like, Oh, you've been animating Tinkerbell again. <laughs> um, cause I, I would spend half my day the, the first week looking at like YouTube videos of gymnasts and ribbon dancers, uh, 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 you know, there's an Olympic event where they, they're tossing ribbons in the air, yep, and they, yep. they have batons, and, and so I was trying to go for this kind of uh, very fairy dancing um, approach, and as I did it, yeah, it, was, it was fun and interesting, but um, it did not feel like uh, uh, like Tinkerbell. You know, Tinkerbell is, is very uh, um, kind of a sassy, uh, feisty uh, personality. Um, but more to your point, it's, we had to solve that problem of how does Tinkerbell live in the same world as the Incredible Hulk and, uh, interact with him? You know, if I'm playing, if you're playing Hulk and I'm playing Tinkerbell, how do I not just get my butt kicked Right, (laughs) over and over and over and over? You know, she has to be able to, um live and breathe and and survive on on her own and you know because because disney infinity is 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 all about this interaction and mashup uh between characters and and that fun that that comes in horseplaying mm-hmm. and horseplay is only fun when when it's not incredibly lopsided
0: Z-plus, yeah yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so it's it's both of these characters getting to have fun together um so a lot of times it's it's uh it's a challenge um defining the combat role of a character that that uh, combat is not part of their their organic to them right right you know this is kind of the uh where your question is coming from so for tinkerbell it was uh finding that was was fun uh but it it, it was challenging and and it was something that uh we ended up settling on more of a um a magic you know pixie fairy dust kind of attack that you know, she's, she's not gonna uh, be a, a brawler, uh, <laughs> and punching and, and eye gouging, you know, so it was, it was more like, uh, using her wand and stuff like that, which it ended up working out great, but it's, uh, uh, it's, it's definitely, um, a process that a lot of times you go down the wrong road the first time. Um, it's as a studio, good. it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, we, at the end of projects, we have a lot of uh, meetings at the end of the projects where we we get together and, and say postmortems where, where we say what's gone well and what's gone wrong and how can we do things better and how can we streamline things so we don't uh, bark up the wrong tree and go down the wrong path the, near as much. But what we've uh, one thing that we've found found out and I've, I've definitely found this out uh, in my animation is that um, creativity, creation is chaos. Um you just can't uh, expect to do things right the first time, every time. Uh-huh. Uh, you, it, it's just that that element when you're creating stuff and bringing stuff to life, um, it's chaotic, uh, and and you're gonna have to, you know, that's that's why experience is valuable because it's only by screwing up and going down the wrong ways, uh, the wrong paths, It gives us the context of why it is the right, you know, the right decision is the right decision. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a challenge, but, but
0: it's, uh, it's fun and you hope that you, you get there. That's funny. I'm reading Ed Catmull's book, Creativity Inc., Uh And so this is my plug right now. This podcast is brought to you by. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I'm on the chapter right now where he's talking about randomness. And um, and that's that very thing that he's going. You cannot take an account for that. It's just part of the creative process is randomness. And his point to his point was was that if you're keeping it so safe that you avoid all that kind of stuff, then you're not pushing yourself to be creative. Because right. that's just part of the process. And so it's funny that you bring that up because I was just reading about that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah.
1: And even after you find that, it's, uh, it's a very iterative process. You know, mm-hmm. you just, you're just going to have to improve and, and try different things. And it's, it's going to get
0: better and better and tighter and tighter. And, uh, but it's going to take time. Yep. Very cool. Um, what's one of the biggest things that you've enjoying working there at Disney Interactive? Um, what do you mean? Well, just to, I mean, you go to work day in day out. What is it that keeps it so fresh for you? and you just I mean, I'm sure not every day, like you mentioned, we're having to work on Ticker Bell where you're going, I can't, you know get this right now, but what is it that you just you're really digging right now as an animator working at Disney Interactive?
1: You know, um, as I've gotten further along in my career, um, i've uh, I've really enjoyed uh, bridging the gap between different disciplines. And for me as, as an animator, um, it's been a really fulfilling experience to, uh, uh, to rub shoulders with, uh, with the other disciplines like uh, uh, modeling and rigging and texturing. But uh, the, the place that I find myself uh, more right now is, is design and animation. Uh, and, and I think that, that that's... Uh, whether most animators realize it or not that's that's something that's pretty organic to to animation um, because y- your animation I mean you're, you're designing it you know so even if it's not a high-level design of, of a film or a game or you know uh, it, it's something that you're designing your shot you're designing your uh, your your combat your your acting choices you uh, um you know it, it it's just kind of uh growing more into a design role is is kind of an extension to me of animation uh, especially as it relates to to combat animation mm-hmm. you know figuring out uh, what do I want to say uh, with with this character you know what kind of combat do they do they have um working with some of the properties that we have it's uh we'll work with, Lucas or Pixar and Marvel and and sometimes they don't even know uh, what their uh, they haven't nailed down their design mm-hmm. of the, their characters, you know, and this applies to Disney feature as well. Uh, it doesn't apply necessary to necessarily to, you know, um, properties that are established like, uh, say, the Avengers or something like that. But mm-hmm. it does apply to to new Disney or, or any new property that they're trying to figure out who is this character? Right. And a lot of these characters, you know, uh, we don't, we don't find out until, uh, much <laughs> later, uh, or even until we see the movie, like, oh, that's what they, they do. Uh, and some of them, it's, it's, a uh, you know, you might see the movie and, and just like you thought, it's like, yeah, they, they never do any combat, you know, they never do anything. <laughs> so you kind of have to figure out a good example to me is, uh, uh, Frozen. When we did uh, Anna and Elsa mm-hmm. for uh, for Infinity One, we would um, we first of all we had no idea how insanely uh,
0: successful Frozen would be, uh, <laughs> and we probably would have done things differently and spend more more time on it. Um, Real quick, so you got the characters and things of that nature before how how far into the movie?
1: Um, I would say that. Uh, it was slated to pretty early on uh, in the production cycle of the movie. We wow! Be working on the characters, but uh, it was Frozen in particular. was uh, In particular, was a movie that we wanted to support, but we didn't wanted to to go all out and do a playset. Um, you know, we we just wanted to make their two main characters uh, and and have them play in the toy box. Gotcha. Okay. Um. So we made these characters and. And I I ended up animating Anna, and I knew nothing about Anna. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew that she was a princess, and all that we knew, which is if you've seen Frozen, this is kind of funny. All that we knew was she went hiking as a princess in the mountains, in, in like in search of her sister. That was it. That was it. Yeah, <laughs> we ended up giving her. Um, her main weapon was a grappling hook. We figured oh well, that could be useful grappling hook in the mountains and uh, you know, I don't know what else we would have honestly done that now that I've, I've seen the movie about a thousand times with my daughter yeah. <laughs> but uh, so it, it, it's interesting you know that 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 uh, that process of um, figuring, the backstory out and, and that's not necessarily something that we are um on the hook to do that's that really has more to do with the film but we have to fill in uh spaces and read between the lines in ways that they don't you know the ways that they that don't matter to them in the film um so just this idea that we're doing 30 characters every year there's kind of this nonstop uh, idea of progress and learning and evolution of these characters and figuring out
0: how they all live and breathe. In the same, uh, in the same game in this Disney cool. Infinity world, that's very cool. That that was the one thing I, I when I watched your reel, I watched the long one, so that's the one I appreciated. <laughs> I got to yeah. see, got to see more, um, but just the versatility of the characters. That's what I just, I looked at that. I'm going, man, he got to touch each and every one of these characters, and just the the uniqueness and the differences, and and so that's one of the things that kind of struck out to me was just what would be uh, one of the most enjoyable things there. So right. very cool. I mean, yeah, you, you span the gamut from Spider-Man to Tinkerbell to uh, Rapunzel to Venom. <laughs> you know, right. it's like uh, well, pretty And that's diverse.
1: fun. I mean, you're going, uh, I mean, you you do typically spend uh, a couple weeks to sometimes a month on the same character, but it's it's it almost feels always new and fresh. That's cool.
0: Um, what's one of the uh, things that you still find challenging as an animator?
1: Um, I find it challenging to look for ways to push myself as an animator working in games, specifically with Disney Infinity. This, this, this actually wasn't as true before, but with Disney Infinity is more of a a franchise where we're doing Infinity One, Two, Three, Four. So we're kind of streamlining what we've already done and looking for ways to improve it, but, uh, but in a lot of ways, it's it's uh, it's very established, um, and for better or for worse, it's it's something that's this is this is how we do it, and we can change it. But uh, uh, in one respect, we're kind of locked in a little bit more that well, we really can't change this aspect because um, that would cascade to now like uh, 150 characters. Right, that have to carry that over to. Um, so to me, it's it's kind of a challenge to every time I start to think about, okay, what can I push on, you know, and what are the areas that are, that's just easy and and I'm I'm 100% comfortable in, and the areas that I, it's kind of that idea of when you are first coming up with a combat move, you know, when I say, okay, what do you want to do for, what would Hulk do? The first thing you do when you hit the, the attack button generally the first thing that comes to your mind is probably not the best you know it's (laughs) probably just like oh he's gonna he's gonna punch or something uh and and it it takes a while to figure out what would be the best thing you know and there's different reasons uh of of uh you know why that is and and finding uh finding those out Uh, so it's taking the it's sometimes it takes discipline to not do the first and easiest thing that's good Uh, and I think that, that 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 probably applies to, you know, whatever you're working on. You know, if you're doing a, for example, a walk cycle. You know, <laughs> if you've done a walk cycle, ten times or fifty times or hundred times, you kind of have it down. Um, so it's 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 trying to rethink, like, you know, what how what are the different ways that I could make it, do a walk cycle and do it cooler. And and I I think uh, that's why it's it's always important to. Uh, sometimes take a step back and you know refuel those creative juices uh, mm-hmm. and get out you know get on the internet or or uh, you know watch some some film or some other media and and find things that uh, uh, that recharge that passion uh, and you know that inspire you.
0: That's actually funny because that's my next question <laughs> was what what do you do to inspire you inspire you?
1: Um, I. This is, this is funny. I, uh, uh, my first, uh, exposure to Pinterest was my wife telling me about, um, I don't know, some shoes, you know, that, that she wanted to buy. She, she was, uh, she would just look on Pinterest for shoes for days. Uh-huh. And, and I had in my mind that Pinterest is this, you know, this thing that women get on and, and just, yeah. uh, you know, look for ways to be homemakers and different ways to to cook um, bacon, uh, (laughs) make make muffins, which, you know, there is plenty of awesome stuff there. Um, And then I I started uh, the house that we live in. uh, Our backyard was a big piece of dirt up until this year. Um, And I started getting into and uh, researching what I wanted to do with my backyard. And I found that Pinterest was just a great way to, to pin all of these different ideas. You know, I'd have ideas for slides and ideas for this, that, and the other. And I'm sure there's other, uh, other things that are just as easy and feel much more masculine. But Pinterest yeah. was a great way for uh, for me to just uh, make a bunch of pages and and figure out and put, put different areas of, of stuff that resonated with me. And I find that I like to do the same thing with uh, uh, both the animation uh, as well as just random reference, uh, as well as uh, just images. I I'm inspired a lot by um, by you know traditional painting, uh, as well as um, um, you know characters and uh, and one thing that, that I find is, uh, as I'm looking through um, places, whether it's Google Images or, or Pinterest or you know one of uh, fifty different websites like that i'm looking at uh different feelings that uh that that the gestures uh, of uh, of a pose have you know and, and i'll see because as i'm doing combat um a lot of the times i am basing or centering my combat on one pose like that's my money shot that pose there is the essence of what uh that move is and from there i'll I'll maybe find the right ways to flesh it out based off of stuff that is has nothing to uh, maybe do with that actual pose, but 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 works well with it. Um, and so I I uh, find that I spend a lot of time looking at uh, just traditional art as mm. well as art for concept art for video games and movies um, and, and you know for animation obviously. I there's there's a lot of uh um great animation out there and i think that that's uh that's um something that you always have to step back and see what other people are are doing uh, but for me personally i think that i spend more time looking at live action to inspire me and that oh that would be cool to do something like that and to so if i can see like a an ultimate fighting move that mm-hmm. someone did you know knocking someone out and I can put a different spin on that or it's like wow if I had this weapon and, and did something like that that could be really cool so it's kind of inspiration for me is uh, uh, I find more uh, it's it's uh, more of a, a mosaic or a collage of different ideas rather than just something specific um, there. seeing someone's something that someone has already done and wanting to just recreate that
0: okay That's very cool. That's very cool. Um, What about your workflow? You you mentioned your workflow has kind of changed. Can you give us a little bit of description? I know this is obviously audio, so it's nothing that you can draw or show, but what's your workflow?
1: You know, when I uh, first started animation, I was terrible at it. And (laughs) uh, not to say that this is not a good workflow for some people, but. Um, my workflow when I started was very straight ahead and straight ahead for me meant that I, as I was, I would just kind of act it out in my mind and maybe in person and just go for it, you know, and I would go down, I would spend so much time going down the wrong road. Mm. Um, and, uh, I had, you know, understandably, I had no idea what I was doing. So it, it uh, as, as my career progressed and, uh, I learned from other people, I, uh, I found out how much, I, I think my workflow changed mostly just based off of the need for efficiency and making, doing things faster. Uh, and faster typically uh, went hand in hand with better. So my workflow now, once I have is, it starts with reference. Or, or even maybe before references, it's, it's an idea of you know what's my high level design, and then I'll look for a whole bunch of reference, and then I'll pick from that reference. Um, I don't necessarily even go in order. If I'm doing, I'll typically just you know see a whole bunch of reference and know that that move I know I want to do because yeah. that resonates with me for whatever reason. And a lot of times I'll just start there, and that might end up being uh, midway through a combat sequence or even at the end, um, but. But that's where, uh, you know, if that resonates with me, uh, then that's where I'll start. And, um, my workflow from there is I, I work in a very stepped key blocking way. My golden poses, the, the money shots, you know, it's like, these are the poses that I want to hit. These are the poses that are going to be important in transitioning to the next moves or in branching out to, to different, uh, mechanics or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, that I find that uh, I can usually capture the essence of a of an idea, a combat animation, for example. If it's a as simple as a punch, you know, in three or four poses with the right timing, I, I can do that and pretty fast in twenty minutes, and people get it. It's like, yeah, okay. And you can you can very quickly get an idea of if that feels right for that character, you know, something where they. Maybe are spinning or or having a, a a bigger arc of a weapon. You might need a few more poses to uh, to tell that story and, and flesh it out a little bit more. Uh, but but that's something I've found that uh, very quickly I can block something in and uh, at least with an animator's eye, I can I can get a feel for that. I can I can have the timing and and the feeling there and know that yeah that's that's going the right direction or or I can see. Uh, that's that's just not working. Whereas before, I would spend a lot more time polishing and moving stuff around, and my my graph editor would would look like you know I shot it with a shotgun of keys, and you know it's like oh my gosh, what do I do now? You know, and you're just in this place that's that's doesn't feel comfortable and easy to work in. So I uh, I I really love keeping it clean and keeping it simple. Uh, as long as I can uh, and getting buy-off and, and and having people give their feedback early on to, to try to avoid going down the wrong roads as much as I can. Having said that, I have a, a great friend of mine that I used to work with, Hiram Osman. He's a supervising animator at uh, Feature Film. Did at Disney, right? Yeah. Yeah, Disney. yeah. Okay. He uh, When I first got hired at Avalanche, he was uh, there were only two animators there, and he was one of them. Uh, and and when I got into the animation department, we were, we were we started to expand the animation team, and so he was my my boss for like two years before he uh, um, ended up uh, deciding to move to feature film. And Hiram, he is uh, he is a straight ahead animator. He doesn't block things out. He doesn't do thumbnails. Uh, he, uh, he just runs with it, huh? He just runs with it. He has this idea and he goes for it. And he is fast and phenomenal. So, so just because you know someone else's workflow doesn't um, doesn't make sense to you or doesn't work for you, uh, or people say that hey, this isn't how you should do it. You know, don't let that stop you. That's
0: if right. uh, that's what works for you. Right on now as a lead animator there who do you have sign off on your your thoughts and such
1: So our animation team there's probably I don't know in anywhere between uh, 14 and 18 of us or so and and we have a kind of a core mechanics leads group that there's usually four or five of us and uh, uh, I at the end of the day, uh, the the easy answer to your question is no one. It's me. Okay. Uh, it's uh, I'm the neck to choke uh, <laughs> for, for that that stuff. But um, we have we have dailies, and uh, and I found that uh, it's you know your stuff will be uh, better, and and your team will be stronger, and you'll be um, happier, and, uh, and there'll be more respect and love in the air the more you show your stuff in dailies the product will be better and and the team will be stronger so right on very cool uh, yeah so so it's a very collaborative thing and uh uh, and we try to certainly encourage people to um show early and show often yep i've heard that before
0: now what are been some of your most favorite characters to work on and then this may have already been answered earlier but what's been some of more your challenging characters that you've worked on
1: So I, uh, I don't know if I'll even, I, well, I'm sure I won't get in trouble. I don't, I don't even know if she's released or not yet, but, uh, Mulan, uh, for Infinity Three, she was probably one of my favorite characters to work on. Okay. Why is that? I think uh, in part because she was, um, the last character that I worked on. (laughs) Uh, And it's, it's funny that, uh, every time that you, um, do something, you you do it better. Uh, and this is, I early on um, we used to have a lot of problems with our tools, and Maya would crash. Uh, and um, I we in fact had a, a button on the shelf that was just a a save button that you would hit it. And and everyone just got in this workflow of you know every five minutes you just hit this button <laughs> and it just uh, incrementally saves you know and uh, the the point that I'm getting at is there were times when I'd work for you know three or four hours and lose it all and that that hurts and that's painful and it's like ah, and you throw things um, but I found that every time bar none that I went back and redid it it was always much better. Hey, that's a good attitude, man. For for different reasons, um, like I had made it was faster and it was uh, and it was better. Even though you know, there the first the first time I was doing it, I hit poses that resonated with me. And I was like, yes, you know, this is it. And it, and it was painful to lose that knowing that I I lost that work and that maybe even the feeling. But when I redid it, it might have been different, but it was uh, it was better. And I've I've found that that iteration process, character to character and year to year and or month to month and year to year is is something that you just get better every time. Gotcha. Uh, and, and finding new ways and better ways and um, more expressive and fun ways, different things to push on. So Mulan, uh, you know, is kind of I guess you know my latest and greatest in terms of what combat in Disney Infinity means to me. That's cool. Uh, Besides that, you know, she uh, she has a style of wushu kind of martial arts that uh, is very appealing uh, to me, uh, very cool. and I enjoy doing that. Tinkerbell, as i mentioned, was very challenging for me, <laughs> um, and there have been uh, there have been other characters that uh, uh, Elastigirl, actually Helen from um, Incredibles, she was actually pretty tra- pretty challenging. How come? Um, uh, a lot because uh, our rig was a game rig and really did not lend itself to um, to squash and stretch ah. very well so it was finding ways where I could break that rig and still have it look okay okay um, so that was that and that's that's a, a line that you walk uh, all the time in games you know where your rig just can't be as heavy as uh,
0: you would want it to be you know to do everything that you'd want Do you guys use a proprietary game engine, or do you guys use one like Unreal or Unity?
1: Uh, We do use a proprietary game
0: engine. Okay. Okay, on your Reel, you had a a comment with um, Mr. Incredible and him being one of the first ones, and you guys were trying to – let me see if I can remember. You have how toy-like animation it should be. What did you mean by that?
1: So Disney Infinity Uh is a – it's kind of a – a world where characters from live-action movies like uh, *Pirates of the Caribbean* mm-hmm. can live, and you know they can live with with Marvel characters, with Pixar characters, characters you know from completely different genres and, and looks and feels, and finding how they live in that same world. Uh, you know what? Is, for a, a a simplified version of that is is like a, a lego movie you know making a lego version of darth vader and gotcha. and anyone else it's it's a, uh, you know at the end of the day it's very obvious it's a lego version of that character mm. it's not darth vader you know it, it's uh it's a, the, the lego version of them so ours is what is what was the disney infinity toy version of that character and that was so that that is more to the character design, but taking that a step further for animation, what does that mean? You know, what does that mean uh, in terms of the style and feel you, you look at the different Pixar, you, you look at a Pixar animation compared to uh, a live action uh, with uh, the a- Avengers where obviously incredible Hulk is animated, uh, but is animated in a very visceral muscle and bones and power way. You know, how does, How does that uh, how does that style um, compare with Mr. Incredible? You know, who is also a superhero, but uh, is is obviously there's a different approach. Mm -hmm. Um, So for us, it was finding what is uh, finding the toy in this uh, (laughs) this approach. You know, knowing that these are toys, but they're also toys that have come to life through your imagination. Mm. You know, and and finding uh, where do we want to 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 land, you know, from uh, even from a, a sense of well, is it uh, truth and material? Like, is this is this toy made out of um, hard plastic or vinyl, or uh. are they like uh, uh, an action figure that has uh, rubber bands, uh, you know, and springs inside, mm. you know, and are they gonna kind of animate that way? So after. And that, that's kind of where we ended up a little bit, and that's that's kind of evolved. Uh, and I'm not sure if that's I'm not sure if that's good or bad. But for Mr. Incredible, you know, that's as he threw a punch, um, the, uh, the the actual character design uh, and model of Mr. Incredible is he has these seams in his shoulders and in his waist. That it's very much like a, uh, like an action h- figure, like think back to a He-Man action right, figure. Right, right. You, <laughs> you, know, you could pop his arms off, and and his his upper body could spin 360 degrees. Right. Um, so it was figuring out how do how do we want that to feel, and and figuring out the right places that we wanted to have that, and that was that was a challenge because you wanted it to feel. Uh, fun and organic, but you also wanted it to to hit like uh, trying to find the the stylized way of defining Disney Infinity, and that that was a challenge. Hire Mosman um, while well, he's kind of fresh in my brain. He actually came up uh, and talked with us since we're all under the Disney umbrella. He came up and had a an animation session with us a couple weeks ago, and he talked about. Their approach that they had with uh, Olaf in Frozen, mm-hmm. and Olaf—he's—he's he's the snowman guy. For anyone who doesn't know that, he—he—he's yeah. uh, made of you know snow, he's a snowman, and has these stick arms. And in the beginning. They were just bending these stick arms, you know, at the elbows and, and, and shoulder and trying to figure out, you know, what does that feel like as, as they bend the arms? Does it splinter and crack or or what does that feel like? And eventually they someone did this test that, uh, well, what if it's really a stick and they don't bend? So they're doing tests of, you know, very, you know, stiff arms um, trying to do the same things and they found that it was very endearing and fun uh, <laughs> and had a, a, a personality, you know, that was just intrinsic to you can't bend your arms so you have to do things different and it was just you know really really cool so for us finding the toy is is somewhere in the middle there you know like what does that mean and it, and it uh it's a challenge uh, it's a, especially a challenge because every director and film product or, or film uh, um that we work with they all have you know their their own sacred cows and things that are important to them Uh, like marvel is is very into like no these are not toys these are these are you know they have muscle and and bones and and blood they're powerful you know so it's trying to um disney infinity is is a blessing and a curse in the sense that (laughs) we're blessed to work with so many different awesome properties Uh but it's a curse and trying to you know bring these properties together where they're awesome because they're very unique and opinionated and cool uh so bring them together is a challenge so that uh that's i think probably what i was referring to in finding the toy for mr
0: incredible that's cool that's very cool now as you're kind of mentioning that would the maybe more live action side maybe say marvel or star wars have been more easy or more difficult than maybe, say, uh, the Disney or Pixar side. And let me, let me see if I can further explain that. As you're talking to me about this, it seems to me, if I were to kind of sum up to that, you're you're almost caricaturing these characters. And so I, I guess my question as I'm listening to you is, is it easier or more difficult to take a character that you're going to kind of characterize like – we'll say joy from inside out that already kind of has an established animation style. Would that be easier? Does my question make sense?
1: Yeah, no, that does. Okay. Uh, and that's, uh, that's a good question. Uh, and something that, uh, we've struggled with certainly on just the character, um, uh, the concept side itself. Like for example, joy, you know, joy is already, uh, you know, a, a cartoony, right. Toy like looking character. So, how do we, uh, what is the Disney Infinity version of, of her, you know, adding, you know, um, straights and curves to to her character design <laughs> in ways that make sense. But, and sometimes it's, you know, you do it and, and the first round is like, uh, wow, that, I can't, is that different? You know, is that, does that look different? Right. Whereas, you know, you, you. Uh, translate uh, a live action character like Johnny Depp and right. uh, and it's just like oh well there's a big difference you know um, so it's uh, it's interesting because you know that you're successful well maybe you don't know that you're successful but uh, you know for me Mr. Incredible was a good example that I uh, where we ended up with Mr. Incredible you show that to people it's like oh yeah that looks and feels like Mr. Incredible but you put them side to side with the Pixar version, Mr. Incredible, it's like, oh wow, those are so different.
0: Okay. Know?
1: They uh they they feel and look very differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's finding um you know finding the the essence of what what makes that character and and uh putting that into this Disney Infinity wrapper and and I'm not sure what's uh I think I think it a lot of times it's it's probably harder to make it feel like Disney Infinity well, that's a good question because you know it's uh, it almost feels like Disney. Here's here's a better, uh, almost an, an equally hard challenge for us. Toy Story was was hard in that these were already toys. You know, yeah. the property was they were toys. <laughs> you know, so how do we make a toy version of a toy and have it come kind of life? And, and it was just it was kind of like, uh, um, gosh, what's that. Uh, uh that movie a dream within a dream within, yeah yeah you know it's like uh what uh what level am i on here and um so um i guess i don't have a, a good answer to your okay. question
0: so it just kind of maybe depends upon who you're maybe working with and because uh, yeah. you mentioned uh marvel kind of sees things a little bit differently too so yeah i thought you know johnny depp that um captain what is it captain uh Jack Sparrow. That right. one to me seemed like it would have been a little easier because you're kind of characterizing right. someone like that. But then like you mentioned though, you also have maybe say Thor or Captain America that here's live action, but maybe because you're dealing with Marvel that has uh, already set standards, it might be harder to, to find that essence for you guys. So yeah, I was just kind of curious.
1: Yeah. I, I think that the closer they are to, to toys uh, or a, a character uh, a cartoon to start with, it's almost harder to pull away from that and differentiate, right. stylize from that. Mm-hmm. But but then again, it's like, how much do you really need to? You know, we, yeah. we we feel like we need to because it needs to be different. We don't want to just repackage something that someone else has already designed and animated. Uh-huh. Um, but to a certain degree, it's like, well, you know, we we don't want to change it too much that it's like doesn't feel like that property anymore just
0: changing it for the sake of changing it yeah yeah exactly yeah very cool well Jamie I've kept you long enough here this has been a really cool discussion my kids love the game and uh, so I was looking forward to this podcast with you so again I really appreciate your time
1: okay
0: thanks Larry it was awesome. uh, great talking to you awesome thank you so much okay.